For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 115. Woo! Oh, yeah! We are live. We are doing our first live stream podcast right now. Apparently, we just had a hiccup. Nobody could hear the intro that I just played. Judging <laughs> by people's faces is what it is. But it's it's a big one. We're coming in hot. Zach, what, what are we doing right now, man? I mean, before we get into everything, just tell people what's going on right now. What's going on? We're live on Twitch. That's what's going on. Mackie Studios presents Submersion Live, the podcast. And this week, episode 115. First time ever. First time ever of episode. It's the first time ever we hit episode one fifteen. Yep, true. Yeah, it's fantastic. Crushing. So it. we're doing that the is hunt. Not, not a Zach fact. That's not a Zach fact. But mm-hmm. we're doing the hunt for Red October, and for all you viewers out there, you'll be able to watch me now play this game on an emulator with this controller. But Zach, we already watched Hunt for Red October for Subversion. <gasps> You're right. And how could I play a movie? <sighs> There must be some sort of a game. Mm. That's right, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen and germs. It's Hunt for Red October, the game for the, well, NES, yeah. SNES, or even the Game Boy. We'll talk about all three versions, and I'm going to be playing the NES version. The original like version. You, you got to throw back to the original episode we did where you just kept hammering home that you had this game for the oh, Nintendo Entertainment God. System. How many times did you say Nintendo Entertainment System in that episode? Was like, like a million times? Like like 12, at least. Me? Yes. Yeah, you, you don't remember you're saying yeah. I, You're saying I had the hunt for Red October for the, Super, for the Nintendo Entertainment System? Yes. The Nintendo Entertainment System? Yes. Yeah, didn't your dad buy you that Nintendo yeah, Entertainment System? That's the story. It was either he either bought it from me or it was given to me from my uncle, actually. I can't remember. I actually did you really play think it with my your dad? Was your dad was involved. Yes, I used to play games with my dad. Him and I played The Hunt for Red October together. I think we got through the second level, so we're mm. going to see if I can beat that tonight, 29 years later. Dude, I have, like, zero confidence that you will beat it tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe so. If it's anything like the Super Nintendo version, which I was playing, whatever, we'll get into that later, but my confidence level's real low that you'll thanks, get past level two. Thanks, guys. Well, I'm going to start playing, um, <laughs> but I'm here. That's the Hunt for Red October for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Sorry, Uh, I missed it. Did you link your Twitch channel, Kyle? Did you you plug it? Well, don't worry, man. We're going to set up our own Twitch channel. Don't worry about my own personal Twitch channel. I started. Studio Switch. Okay. All right. Zach is in the middle of the game. Yeah. This is a perfect time right now to remind everyone, if you have not yet had the opportunity, we still do have the giveaway going. You can enter on Twitter to win. The Hunt for Red October 4K Blu-ray Digital Special Edition Steelbook for free. Super easy stuff to do. You got to like the page, retweet us, tag two of your buddies who you want to watch this movie with. And 
If you love Sean Connery so much, I should have also mentioned we are doing this because Sean is turning 90 August 25th. We are also giving away a Funko Pop of Sean as James Bond from Dr. No. So that is on Instagram, Mackie Studios on there. Get over there, see what you got to do for that, and you can win that also. All right. Is it time? Can, can I can I air my grievances? Or are we still doing other stuff? Because I don't know if you know noticed, like last episode was basically the first time I'd never been on, other than Phantom Menace, I guess, right? Yep. I think I, I, think I mentioned yeah, it was the okay. second time. <sighs> and you guys, so I basically, how many points should I have? How many, how many grievances should I go through? One, I woke up in beautiful Wisconsin. Um, we got there, no Wi-Fi to be seen. We were living in the 80s. We were basically, we'd have, we'd have arguments about points and facts, and we wouldn't have anything to check it. And we just have to be like, yeah, probably correct. And later we'd be like, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. You'll have to go back. Can't check it. You'll have to go down to the library later to, to check yeah. and see who's right. Yeah. Then one day the lights went off and we went back even further in time. And we had candles going. We were cooking by fire. We, I, I, I reheated some nachos over a grill. And we were like, this is amazing. And then I wake up on Thursday and I start running. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pop on my favorite podcast, Submersion. And lo and behold, I'm being shoved into a torpedo tube and shot into the sea for what seems to be no reason. And that's one. Two, you totally did a mini-sode without doing the correct mini-sode scoring system. And it was super long. Not only did I have to suffer through it for one run, but then a second run. I had to, for both runs now, I had to listen to the podcast because it was a you know, 150 or what hour and 50 minutes and Waterworld's good. It's a good movie. I hey, I agree man. Waterworld is good. It is legit. It's a good movie. And I will say I would give it a thumbs up. The correct scoring system for a minisode. Thumbs Just up. got my first game over. There we Dude. go. Dude. <laughs> now I saw you died there and you got to like you got to redo the level there. All right, he's in the zone. What he's do you mean talking. redo the what level? He started. You start over. back at the beginning to that level, right? Yeah, this is level one, though. Yeah, this. Yeah, is, um, I haven't we'll beat the first about, level yet. Yeah, we'll talk about the differences. Then. All right, <laughs> here we go. Do you have any other grievances, Jamie? Um, I, I mean, I guess a lot, uh, just in general. <laughs> but um, overall. I, I'm I'm glad. Like I feel like this is a pretty good one since this is kind of a rebirth on Twitch, the Twitch era, as they will call it in the future. Um, that we're re we are rebirthing the podcast, and I'm back on it, so I'm happy about that. Okay. Well, I, I mean, usually when you give criticism to somebody, it's also nice to give some positive, constructive feedback. Did you like anything from the episode? Um, you just should have been like, no. I mean, come on, Jamie. It's that simple. No, no, right? no. I, I I think I I enjoyed the sandwich tasting section. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I thought, and I would Nick, have liked to eat some sandwiches. I think our guest host Nick did an admirable job of you... filling the shoes of Jamie. I thought he was very topical. And, yeah, uh, no, no, no. I, I think he was topical. This. Nick did not hide his distaste for the movie. And that, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he did not. Yeah, he was not he, shy he at all. You know, he was wearing his heart on his sleeve the whole time. I right. mean, which is fine. That's is what it is. Right. Anyways. Th- 
this is totally off topic, but have you guys seen these things online where you can cut your beard tops off? <laughs> You're still talking about this? Have you guys seen these? This is the Dude, third, this this is the third the time stream? I've had this conversation on, with you, Kyle. If you're on the live stream, man, I can cut the top off this beard. It's ridiculous. Beard? I don't know. You can convert beard. your beard. Look at oh, this. Yeah. Look at this. I cut the top right off. All right. Let's get into something. Yeah, I was going to say, I do like... With soda, too. He's got to... He's got to... Someone's got to have a... We got to have a second alarm. Right? Someone else on the trigger. The captain's going to be... What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. Alrighty, we are covering the hunt for Red October. Oh man, who's excited? Who's ready? I'm ready. Did you even hear us? We are doing this, yes, for the <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Did anybody play the Game Boy version? I did not. No. We're did not, not doing the Game Boy version. It's very. But did you look at be... pictures of it. It's just green. Dude, uh, it looks amazing. It is. I was. Green. I was even looking at it. it's on eBay for like five bucks. Like maybe, maybe, but it's five dollars, right? Right. I already spent enough on this beer top cutter off the thing. <laughs> oh my so God. I can get a, no, I know, right? I don't think I can get a game right now, too. Anyways. <laughs> Who's got some info on Jamie? You got some info on this game? Well, I, I mean, I think we have some some basic information. Like the original oh. game came out in January 1991, and that was uh, before, you know, notably before the Soviet Union had fallen. Game Boy came out later in 1991. Still, Soviet Union not fallen. The Super Nintendo came out in 1993, I believe, and Soviet Union dissolved. And so I do think that a lot of the differences you'll hear about tonight between the two versions of the game may stem from that. And actually, that was something I believe happened with the uh, movie as well, where uh, I got to look that up. But because of when the movie came out, um, they were not sure of how to deal with it because the book had come out and the Cold War was, you know, in full swing. 1990, the movie comes out. And there, there are already starting to be some questions of, eh, should we do something about this Cold War, um, looking a little lukewarm, that kind of stuff, uh, not not so cold or hot really. Um, and I remember there being some trivia about them potentially trying to maybe change uh, the plot for that one, but eventually decided not to. Uh, here, clearly, the first games came out. They kept it pretty in line with the book. And then the second, the Super Nintendo came out. And it, well, you'll see. It went off the rails at that oh, point. Oh, in an amazing way. Oh, it's crazy. Sir. I have two, two pages of notes, just questions. Questions on questions about what the plot of the Super Nintendo game could possibly be. I like be. that. Because I wondered oh. that also. So, right, uh, you, Kyle, you kind of mentioned uh, nobody played the Game Boy. What did what did everybody dabble in? I I, I played the Nintendo version. I watched um, both. I watched playthroughs of both. I played the Super Nintendo version. Just and the Nintendo even, for me. 
I took this a step further, and I've got one of those Super Nintendo classics because I'm rich, you know, obviously. And um, I, I went ahead and added that to my console, so I was playing it on that console with the controllers and all that good stuff. Alex, what did you get into? I just watched the Super Nintendo version playthrough, and I think it was like a any percentage speed run or whatever. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm working with a, a toaster of a computer, so I couldn't get any emulator going for it. A toaster and a computer. Well, somebody get that guy. Uh, again, please, please donate to our Patreon so we can get <laughs> Alex a nicer computer. Yeah, but He's still, it, running it, on a toaster no! with an antenna. No, but if if the computer could still double as a toaster, it would be ideal. It just has to be a better that? computer. I agree. Yeah. You get an add-on like that, maybe USB, something like that. My computer know. is not a toaster, and I'm disappointed every day. And it's just a computer. Sit, I'm like, Ugh. sit down in the morning, think, oh hey, wouldn't this be nice? Right, I and then I look over and right here kitchen and it's like well my toast is now 10 feet away instead of right here and then you go hungry yeah. anyways anyways let's get into this so do we want to i just get so excited about cutting off more tops of beers and so you guys which, get upset what should we me. do first should we go through the plot of the nintendo version and kind of get go through because the, the plot itself of the game is more or less the plot of the movie you know, let's, all right, so let's go through the first game, and then everybody who's watching can see Zach play this game yeah, right now. And he's, he is really doing this game. Just you still on level one right now? Yep. Shut up. None. He just, <laughs> just got a. What did I say? All right, we got to finish this podcast before he can beat level two because oh. I don't think he's going to do it. Anyways, uh, so. So the Nintendo version opens up, same as actually the Super Nintendo, it's kind of the beginning of the movie, um, or sorry, it's kind of the end of the movie. It's saying in 1984, uh, Cold War in full swing, there was a Typhoon-class submarine that defected to the United States, or sorry, that sunk in the Atlantic Ocean, um, all hands, kind of nuclear disaster. But what actually happened is that they defected to the United States, but you know, we're not supposed to know that it ever happened or something along those lines, that it, these events actually never occurred. And we're like, whoa, crazy. And it opens up, and the first mission is basically escape from the um, naval base by the Red October. And I don't know, Brom, you played the Nintendo version? I did. Uh, what's the gameplay kind of like in the Nintendo one? Um. I've heard these described as like cave games as kind of the format <clears throat> um, side scrolling left to right where you kind of have to navigate through obstacles um, <laughs> and um, the there, there are five levels with a what I guess would be considered a bonus level to Super Nintendo uh, players um, the Nintendo the, players the, no to the Super Nintendo players uh, members of our group, they were saying that, that they called the sixth level a, a bonus level, but it really was like the longest part of the game, so it wasn't really a bonus level. It was it was the, the game. Part but of the game, yeah. Yeah, it really changed uh, tone, though, because uh, you, you pilot through the first five levels um, in your submarine. Do you have multiple missiles in, in the Nintendo? Or just yes, one? Uh, which is important. I wanted to chime in. I was about to Tech Zach, he's forgetting to use his vertical uh, rockets that shoot 
out of the top of his sub when people are going overhead of him. But you've got some forward-facing rockets, some some rockets that launch out the top. Uh, you, you pilot your sub through these narrow passageways. The first level is the dockyard. Uh, you got some uh, vehicles that drop some um, depth charges on you, and there's several okay. uh, subs that you got to battle against as we're wa- watching right now. Some strange pistons. I don't know uh, how many dockyards have these uh, hazardous pistons. Yeah, they kind of close. They kind of cl- <laughs> open and close, it looked like, right? It's like they're trying yes. to kill you. Hmm. Uh, re- regardless, uh Again, cave-style game, navigating your sub through until the sixth level, which you then pilot uh, Sean Connery himself. You yeah. play as Sean Very Connery. than the Super Nintendo. Uh, dressed in a three-piece suit, uh, which I guess, is that how Hunt for Red October ended? He was all dressed up and... <laughs> I mean, I guess. He's just oh, like yeah, a captain. Right? Yeah, he in was always in kind of a suit. Yeah. Uh, and oh no! Quick, oh, quick speed note. this up. He beat the first level. <laughs> Zach beat the first level. Level wow. one's done. We'll see if he can get through the second level without losing oh, his no. remaining lives. But uh, yeah, the the sixth level you play Sean Connery. It is a platformer at that point, like a run and Crazy. gun style. Uh, you you shoot uh, bad boys and uh, you disarm the bombs that they drop. You have to navigate through the sub. It's actually possibly like the longest part of the game. It's almost half the game just navigating through that level. Didn't get very good reviews on on that. Uh, I think Zach will probably uh, enlighten us with that a little bit later. But uh. mm-hmm. I do think from from what I saw, I feel like the Nintendo may have gotten slightly better reviews than the Super Nintendo. It seemed to be that the reviews prior to 1993 were slightly better than the ones that came after. But it's hard to tell whether those one that came after were still retrospective reviews of the Nintendo game or actually just reviews of the Super Nintendo. Mm. Um, but it, I mean, yeah. overall, I think the game got kind of dire reviews, regardless of version. Yeah, um, well, dude, I'm watching. I'm watching Zach stream right now, and this is wildly different yeah, than what I experienced. Different. So, like, anyways, we have even yeah. Russian diplomats speaking right. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the game I play. Yeah, so it's very similar in that case. Is in, in that way, it's very similar to the book slash movie, which is essentially you escape from the dockyard, and then you get an interlude every time you get an interlude where ambassadors are talking to each other. And at first, it's like. Uh, yo, Russian ambassador, um, a lot of mobilization going on over in Russia. We're a little concerned. And the Russian diplomat's like, uh, naval exercises. Uh, and he's always like touching his brow as if he's sweating. No, no big deal. Don't worry. Don't worry. And American's like, okay. And then we have a, uh, you know, the oh. next level is the Red October in like some, in the Arctic or whatever. And it's, it's like, oh, they're going to the Arctic. And it finds like a crazy underwater Russian uh, base and destroys that and then you get another interlude and they're like oh actually like uh we have uh someone sinking where it's like a rescue operation and the americans are like well we could help you and the russians are like no 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 we got it and then it says next next uh tracking for october heading to the trench which was part of the movie and stuff like that and then you get a scene with the trench or whatever and at the in the trench i think what do they find oh they find a battleship they keep on finding battleships in a bunch of these ones and they destroy a battleship and the next one's like the russian <laughs> Diplomats like, oh, oh, like, actually, we have a rogue, insane general. You have to help us destroy it. And the Americans are like, oh, well, we'll do that. And so the next one, you're in the crystal zone, and it's like a crystal cave thing. And so you I'm destroy an right underwater now. base. Yeah, like an underwater base. And I think you're in the Arctic no, one Zach, right now. Actually, yeah, there you're is. You're in there, level two, man. Yeah, yeah, there is a crystal zone. This is not it. It's level four, I think. Uh, and they find an underwater base at the end of that one, which I, also I was like, uh, not in Hunt for Red October. I didn't remember a 
underwater base in the crystal zone. I actually don't remember a crystal zone at all, but fine. And then eventually they're heading to the tropics and the Americans are like, we'll help you destroy them and blah, blah, blah. And they head down there and they destroy another ship and eventually, um, you know, it ends the game. Oh, yeah. Then then it's like, oh, saboteurs have arrived and they've spread bombs all over it. And that's when you get to the Sean Connery point of it. And once you finish, it's like the American diplomats like, oh, good. Now that we have... Um, you know the the Red October in hand, like we're we're in good shape or whatever. That's like the end of it. So it, it doesn't follow. It doesn't deviate super far from the book or the movie. Um, it just had some crazy things like underwater base, uh, multiple underwater bases, and crystal zones, and you know Arctic ice stuff, and all these things to make it more of a game. And then of course Sean Connery dressed as James Bond, running around a ship, defusing bombs, um, which is a little excessive. So, anyways, that's the Nintendo version. Excessive or great? I mean, come on. I don't think that's mutually exclusive. Honestly, not too different than the Waterworld Super Nintendo game uh, movie we watched last week. What? Yeah, there is a Water. They got a game. Yep, Waterworld Super Nintendo. uh, Very similar. There's. uh, (laughs) Do you see a submarine at the bottom of that one? They made fun of it on the Simpsons episode. I talked about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I thought it was the arcade game or something. Well, that's what it was in the Simpsons episode, but it's still making fun of the game. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. You pilot the uh, Trimoran or whatever it's called uh, for a large chunk of the game. There's also um, sort of the side-scrolling action where you play as Kevin Costner, though, too. So That's amazing. All right. So should we get into the Super Nintendo version of it, which is wildly different? Sure. Oh, my God. So (laughs) first off, Super Nintendo version, absolutely incredible. We get use of all the buttons on the Super Nintendo controller, right? Because of the different missiles. Yeah, we have all kinds of different missiles you can fire. Literally, the first level, I think, is really the only thing that even is remotely close to the storyline. Right. It's basically like, oh, you're trying to escape from Russia. And I'm like, oh, I recognize this. That's fine. And it's basically as as we saw. Yeah. That is it right yeah. there. That is where the similarities between Hunt for Red October, the movie, Hunt for Red October, Super Nintendo version, begin and end. This game, you can't even look at it as like no. Hunt for Red October. You have to look at this as an extension of the storyline. Like what happens after what happens after Okay. <laughs> um so second, they defect to second the second level. Well no, not even after they defect. Like well, I mean, there's world vigilantes, man. They're exactly. Doing whatever, right? They're like Rambo. Like the U.S. <laughs> is exploiting awesome. them to, because they're like, you're expendable because you are defectors from your country. Oh, we can we can send you into these missions and we can deny all plausibility or plausible deniability that you even exist. And the Red October is like, great. Because the second level starts and they're like, mission. There's an illegal arms dealer operating on a base in Caribbean. Destroy that base and all the military supplies. And it's like, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on yeah. a second. Why is this the job of a rogue Russian submarine? We're trying to yeah. defect the United States. Like it seems like they're just like twisting their arm. Like, well, you can't defect the United States unless you destroy this Caribbean drug lord or something. And it's like, yeah, man, what? Jamie, and so, anyways, it and, makes sense, dude. War on drugs, man. Come on. And then the other thing that happens in the second level is they have a, an arcade interlude where you are shooting kind of uh, helicopters and airplanes and shit and boat boats. Uh, but you're supposed oh, yeah. to use you're supposed to use like the gun attachment, kind of like the Nintendo Zapper that they had for Duck Hunt. The uh, but it's the, called the Super Scope. 
Right. And it, apparently, I mean, and I'll have it in the trivia, but apparently there were s- super few games that actually did this because it, be- it was I like think it not was even popular. It was like no one liked it. All of seven games. We had it for a game called Yoshi Safari. Yeah. And I played that. Yeah. It, it was slick, but like, I think that's the only game we had that would use that gun. Yeah, and it, but it, just, it does seem incredibly hard if you don't have that because the playthrough that I watched, they clearly didn't have the gun, and it took forever yeah. to move the thing over. You can't and move the, You it. cannot move that cursor. Mm-hmm. Like it, I had to try to figure out a way. I would just have to shoot a wall down of these bullets, and you can only shoot three at a time, and just pray that I would hit. Sometimes <sighs> I'd even skip the bonus level because I was going to take more damage in the bonus level yeah. than I would get back. So anyways, now that you're, you're, we're worldwide vigilantes who are destroying arms dealers in the Caribbean for no reason, um, the third level really goes off the chain because we now are, are escorting a passenger ship full of VIP, quote unquote, VIPs to their destination, yes. defending them from uh, aggressors. That's just, just, oh, we're given authority, quote, authority to destroy all aggressors. A, okay. Who? Who are the VIPs? Why do they need a escort from a rogue submarine? Um, why? Why are yeah. there even aggressors? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, who are these people, man? These VIPs, like you say. I mean, they are literally sending hundreds, whoever they are, hundreds whoever, of submarines, and God's name is attacking these people. Yeah, hundreds of submarines, bombers, everything. I even had a time in the level where I was just focusing on the submarines, and I was like, okay, I should be able to get through this, and. The aggressors can actually destroy the cruise ship. Yeah, and I had, I had, yeah, no, and I had the impression that this was a cold war. This war seems incredibly hot right now. Oh yeah, it's on fire, my yeah. friend. And there, you're so you are given. Who even gave the authority to mow down anyone in our path? We are a a defecting submarine. We are vigilantes. We're criminals. It's like who? Who? The UN. I mean, if we, I guess, if we look at the movies that we watch, it would be the UN. That'd be like, yeah, that that submarine can do whatever it wants. But yeah, no, this is where, and the third third level is where I came to the conclusion we're in a Rambo situation. The United States, oh yeah, we can't. Like, the submarine came, we're defecting, and the United States is like, eh, not interested. And the submarine is like, wait, 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 but we're like a super cool caterpillar submarine. Like we got caterpillar drive and everything. And the U.S. is like, eh, well, maybe if you take out this arms dealer. And we're like, okay. It's like maybe if you escort this. Passenger ship full of VIPs, and of course, in our mind, we're like VIPs. Oh, fine, yeah, yeah, fine. And then all yeah. of a sudden, we're just the expendables, and we're heading off to Afghanistan like Rambo to rescue some captured, uh, you know, army general or something. Yeah, that's, it that's was Rambo it three. was nuts. Yeah. So, anyways, fourth say, level. I don't, I don't remember a, a whole submarine level in Afghanistan. I don't know how well that would work. But, well, no, that's uh, Rambo, but Rambo did not yeah. own a submarine. Fortunately for the, you know, when he went to Afghanistan, it wouldn't have been very useful. Yeah, but unfortunate for us because that'd be great. No, to it'd be amazing if one movie. of the if one of the Rambo's had a submarine in it. Um, so fourth level. Now I said in the first, second level, I was like, well, this is weird. Third level, I was like, this is off the chain. Fourth level, <laughs> okay, terrorist nuclear plant. Those are the three words I'll give you. How do the terrorists even have? First of all, nuclear plant is a is is for energy. It's not a weapon. It's a nuclear plant. Are they talking got about, one, man. Are they talking about a nuclear enrichment facility? Because that's what I'd go after. I wouldn't go after where they took the u- enriched uranium <laughs> to power Jamie, a power plant. You can't look at the descriptions on these levels, which just scroll across very slowly. And, I mean, we're talking, like, I mean, very broken English Fine. under what the description Fine. of what the heck we're looking at. How do these terrorists have the means to, A, 
build this in the Arctic where there's no, I mean, there's no means of getting anything there. I mean, what are they? They have all the trade routes possible to get stuff into the Arctic. And second, how would they even have the funding to enrich uranium in the first place? Well, I mean, all you got to look at when you're look when you're going around selecting the missions on the map. Yeah, it's over in Russia, right? I mean, mm-hmm. is uranium all just laying around all over? Oh, the place? Okay, okay. Anybody oh, could do fine. it. Fine. So, anyways, why are we the ones called into duty? No one knows. I guess it's a potential disruptor to the world order, and we're and and the Red October is interested in that. Obviously, I mean, it wants to defect the United States. If the world order was upended and the United States was on the bottom, it can no longer defect the United States. So I guess this is their problem. They're like, okay, we got to get rid of these terrorists who now have a nuclear plant, a.k.a. a uh, uranium uh, enrichment facility. And so they go in and, and do that. And these terrorists, are, I mean, they have underwater turrets. they got all kinds, like they got a thousand submarines. Who is funding the terrorists? Yeah. That's, that's the question I have. It's got to be like... Bill Gates, and who else? Who's who are the mega rich? Elon, Elon Bezos, Elon, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, yeah, Warren Buffett. All these guys are funding these. They're like, stop them. First of all, we have the. It's nineteen eighty four. It's nineteen eighty four. So we're talking. Have you ever heard of time travel? I'm I'm thinking Ted Ted Turner. Turner. Yeah, could have been TBS. All right. Very well could have been. Uh, right now, just want to give a shout-out um, to Og1994, cheering Zach on on the mm. stream. We got some viewers. Come on, Zach. He says, or she, or he they. or she says, come on, Zach, you can do it. We believe in you. Wait, Dude. his so, name's Og? Quit sucking it up right now and start Zach, didn't you have a follower named Ogbird? I cannot recall. Oh, this freaking thing. Oh, uh, so. he's about to get crushed. All right, anyways. Yeah, well, it's good. <laughs> On the mission. We got, yeah, we got someone else, you know, supporting Zach, so I can say I do not I do not believe in you. I, I lo- I, I, thank you, viewers. Don't thank anybody on the stream. Okay. I mean, so, the podcast. I can't do two things at once. Let me get back I'm to watching. the game, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, fifth level, saboteurs, ah, <laughs> right? Because we have to defend some oil rigs in the Bering Strait from saboteurs. That's right, yeah. And so I'm not even going to ask the question. I'm tired of asking the question. this is where you're defending American assets right now. It's true. And I'm tired of asking why us. Also, I'm tired of asking how do the saboteurs have a thousand submarines at their disposal? Also, um, what kind – are we some kind of advanced vigilante submarine? That's what it's – now it's like, okay, we're out of Rambo situation. Now Now we're just pirates cruising the seas for whatever job someone brings mercenaries if you will and you know the only good th- the only thing good thing i saw about all these missions was that they weren't um oh, how to say this they weren't overtly racist about the terrorists and stuff like that they were basically like terrorists in arctic i was like yeah could be anyone <laughs> who's to know uh you right. know, really whatever i mean mostly i think the enemies are supposed to be russia but but the soviet union had fallen so they kind of rewrote it to just be like anonymous bad guys some arms dealer in the caribbean terrorists in the arctic uh saboteurs in the bering strait that kind of stuff um but then the other the other weird thing was these saboteurs had gun turrets on the bottom of the ocean Man. research submersibles coming down after you submarines everywhere it almost, it almost, they were set up almost like they were defending the oil rig stuff. And so then I, I was wondering whether we were the bad guys. Okay. <laughs> well, it, I'm not going to lie to you. At this point, I was, I never made it past level four. 
Well, then, then what's weird is that the. Do you know what the final bad guy boss for this saboteur portion of it is? No, <laughs> it's a giant squid. <laughs> that's the saboteur. It's a giant squid. squid. A squid? Yeah, that's Are a you giant serious? squid. Yeah, it's an animal. It probably just wanted to live. It probably just wanted to be. And yet here we were, some vigilante pirate sub, you know, submarine, and we totally crush it. And afterwards, I was like, did I even see any saboteurs? All I saw was a squid. Well, anyways, I mean, hey, man, we've seen a lot of sub movies, dude. Squid can screw stuff up for you. Luckily, we only have, you know, several more levels left. Uh. So the sixth level, <laughs> enemy biolab, <laughs> bioweapons lab is located. We have to destroy it. And now, I'm, now they've explicitly used the word enemy in our mission. Okay, we have an enemy. Ooh, here we go. Finally, it's, we've got one. Okay, and, and as we look at it, I'm like, it must be Russia. So we must, we, it's for sure we have defected from Russia. And apparently they are the enemy, so we must be working with the U.S., except they're, they're just not letting us defect. They're forcing us to go around and do these, like, extraneous what missions for at? them. Gotta go down. You gotta kill Anyways, the base. This is the boss. Yeah. yeah, they say the underwater facility, this underwater base, is against the treaty. Against the treaty. That's what they say in the mission. And so we gotta we gotta destroy it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, that underwater base located in Siberia against the treaty. Cool, cool, cool. And so we gotta do that. And so we do that. Seventh guys, level. Guys, we're in jeopardy here. Looks like Zach might actually beat this. Good, good. Oh. We're, we're getting Wait, close. Isn't he just on? He's just on level two, though, right? He said he was going to beat level two. That's all he needed to do, right? Oh, well. oh no, no. He did, <laughs> did it. I did yeah. it. Prove me wrong. That's Prove a clear. Me wrong. That's for the viewers who believed in me, not you jerks. <clears throat> well, we're, we're getting close because seventh level, a high tech ship is being hijacked by mercenaries. <clears throat> and my, my only question here is aren't we the mercenaries? <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, we are the mercenaries. 100%, <laughs> mercenary mercenary violence right now. It's like crazy. And so. Um, you know, everything was kind of lame in this one. The ship was even kind of lame. I think the ship, this was, you know, there's a bunch of levels that are reused from the NES game, and then they added other levels. This is one of them that was reused, because the ship is hijacked in the Mediterranean, and I think that lines up with the, uh, maybe the, the level in, the second to last level in the NES game, I think. Um, but anyways. Um, Zach, you are level. getting cheered on right now. Angel says... Zach, huh. shut them up. Yes. So you keep this going. Angel, dude. see. That's a bot. <laughs> yeah. That's a bot. That's what I'm saying. This is a very interactive bot. Mm -hmm. I, I do not think. AI systems. Og94 is Ooh. a bot. No, I don't believe that. I, I believe Og94 is a person. That other one's a bot, though. Well, they're one and the same. Uh, actually, they said he got me. So. <laughs> I, I got the world. Well, I got we'll to, to the third level. have to set up on this, I guess. I got to know? the third level. So. I beat pick you, the, Kyle. Pick all the Zacks in the picture. You got to the third level and then died immediately. All right. Still better what, than you. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, whatever. So we're in the second to last level, eighth level. Um, <laughs> there are some land guns that pose a threat to our fleet. And so now we have a fleet. Now, I guess now we're, we're incorporated into the U.S. Army, Sub-fleet, man. Navy. And so instead of being internationally feared vigilantes and pirates, uh, we are now have a fleet. Um now that fleet could be filled with villains that have flocked to our, you know, call, our flag. So now we have a vigilante fleet that goes after it, but whatever. Turn the world into a smoking wasteland and such. 
But anyways, the, the, this one had probably the best bad guy at the end. It was one where this, this gun was really huge, and it was above the land, and it was really far up, and your normal guns couldn't hit it, and you had to move your ship up really fast and crash the surface and then shoot, and then, then your bomb would be able to get to the gun. And you had to do this multiple times and shoot it. Really? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. They kind of they, they, whoever designed that level because I know each level is probably designed by a different like you know small team or whatever. Whoever designed that level um, did a good job. They kind of did a good job with the ending. Some of the end bosses were real lame, where you could just kind of find a spot and you shoot them a million times and no one could get you, and you just destroy them in like a second. So it wasn't a big deal. Really? Yeah. Finally, final level. There's a coup afoot in the USSR. This is what we've been waiting for. And so we are providing support. And I did find this a little hilarious, just that in the end, we are feared vigilante pirate submarine of the of the seas. And um, there's a coup in the USSR, which is what we want. And we provide support. That's it. For the coup or for the USSR? No, I'm, so I'm so, no, no, for the coup. But like, we aren't the main player. We are providing support. We are support, supporting players. We are gotcha. not the main people. Like that's the final level of this game is provide support. <laughs> I like it. While, while something more interesting happens that you're not involved with. So are there other subs attacking then at this time also? No, I think the idea is that we're providing support from the sea and the oh, actual is a land operation that we never gotcha. see. Well, at least we're part of a team then, right? Yeah. So anyways, final level, that final level honestly seemed like it kind of sucked. Um, it ended with an arcade, the arcade portion of it where you're supposed to use that gun. And those were, so those was really weird. Like the planes would come and they'd fly at you, but only if they shot a missile, would you take any damage? So you could miss like all of them and eventually the level would end. And in this case, all you had to do is just keep on shooting the one ship. And it, it seemed like you didn't have to do anything with any of the other things flying around, as long as you just kept on hitting that and you had enough energy when you went into that level, that portion of it, you would eventually just kill it without doing anything else. Because that's what the person... like In the stream that I was watching, they didn't do anything. And and the ship so rarely shot at them that they barely took any damage. So they just sat there shooting over and over again. you're watching the speed run, though, right? Somebody's doing this game in like 25, 30 minutes? Yeah, they did it in 40 minutes. Okay. The, I don't think I don't think it was a pure. It wasn't a pure speed run, but it was a it was <clears> a you know complete playthrough without any. The world record speed run time for the NES version is nineteen minutes and twenty two seconds. It was set eight months ago. Impressive stuff. Yeah. I can Wait, believe that but, too. All right. Did you say sorry? Did you say NES or SNES? That was the NES. NES. All right. I was going to say, I mean, I played the Super Nintendo one for, I, it was like two and a half hours. I couldn't get past fourth level. <laughs> it's a lot more levels. There's a lot more levels in the Super Nintendo. Yeah. One of them. And there's no <sighs> saves, right? That's what you said? No saves. Yeah. None at all. You don't, even, you get, you don't die, even get like a code. No. So like right. when you die, you're going right back to the beginning and... I'll tell you, your damage carries over from level to level, and the only way to get damage back is to go through these little bubble things or to do the bonus round. But during the bonus round, you can also take damage. So that's kind of, I mean, generally you get more back than you're going to take, but, I mean, it just carries over. So you could start level two with 80% damage, and then 
That's all you got. I mean, I think it, you take like 6% damage on most hits, so you've only got a few hits you can really take until it's game over. you got to start back at square one. Mm-hmm. It's rough. It's rough. Yep, so that's it. That's all I got for the overall. So do we got? Do you guys want to do ratings? Or no, do, do we do you love it or hate it first? No, ratings first. Ratings. Yeah, let's sure. do some ratings here. Let's do some ratings. Ratings. Oh, geez. Yeah. All I think right. I'm, I'm the least qualified to do this. So if you want me to go first, I can do that. Because I, I just watched the games. Well, so did uh, I. Man. Well, based on what uh. you saw. And we're doing it at a six because this is a submersible bond because it's not a movie. It's a game on episode, but you know we can do it out of six. We'll yeah, do it, out of six. do it out of ten. It's a game out of ten. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um. So the NES version I thought was considerably better than the SNES version from what I saw, and so I think I would give that one like a five out of ten. Um. I don't think it. To me, it didn't seem like it was anything that I would have been particularly interested in playing. Um. It seemed kind of hard and confusing at times but you know fine enough for the type of game that it was and maybe i'm biased because i don't really like those type of games the snes version on the other hand seemed like it was complete insanity but also garbage and so um that one i'd probably give maybe a one and a half out of ten no two wow. two i'll give it two two out of ten two out of ten two out of ten wow okay yeah no, I just it, it, like that was low. one where like I, I even as I was watching the person play it on YouTube at two x speed, I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what? Like, <laughs> what is this game? Like, why do any? Why is any something? Why are there so many levels? Why do the levels don't make any sense? Why this arcade stuff with the design for the gun is awful? And you know, especially if you don't have that gun, which who does? Because only like twelve people bought it in the first place, dude." I know. I the wish, final level I was wish terrible. I still had all that stuff, man. Yeah. Final I'd, level I'd was be terrible. Playing this with the gun. Only a couple of the end bad guys were good. Like I actually thought the squid was pretty good. I thought that gun was pretty good. And it's funny because those were the bad guys that were kind of added for the Super Nintendo, which I think is kind of indicative. Like they reused some bad guys that just no longer made sense for how they changed the gameplay for the Super Nintendo. And so then it made it where some of these ones, they literally would go into it, like the, the run I was seeing, they'd go to a particular spot and just keep on shooting and no one could hit them because the way the game was designed at that point, no one would come over and shoot at them or anything like that. So they'd just sit there and shoot them over and over and over again and destroy the boss in like five seconds um, without any anyone stopping them or trying to stop them really, uh, which I don't think, yeah, it just was because they were reusing something it didn't work. So it, it was. It seemed like a, a particularly bad game, and it, I couldn't tell why they made the the type of changes they did. Why when they made it went to the Super Nintendo, instead of just a- adding levels and adding that arcade portion of it, they completely changed the storyline away from Hunt for Red October to make it kind of this laughably ridiculous thing. And if it was just because the Soviet Union fell, I mean, I guess I can understand that. But it's set in 1984, so why do you give a shit? It's set during that's the Cold question. War. So that's my scores, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. All right. Hot take. Mr. Zoom in, Brom, do you want to go? Ah. Uh, I need to see your eyes. Sure. Unless, uh, was, uh, Zach, are you pissed about what's taking place in the game or about me giving my review next? Um, the game. Okay. But I, I'll also be upset with you, I'm sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
um, so I'm not going to give it a very high oh, score. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of thinking, thinking about it in two ways. One, would I have enjoyed this when I played Nintendo as a kid, when I had a Nintendo? Uh, or would this be one that would gather dust? And then two, is it is it one of those like desert island games? Is is this one of those games that I would take with me to play repeatedly over and over again? And there's not many, obviously, back on your older consoles, your Nintendos and your Super Nintendos. There's a few out there, though. A uh, few that come to mind are like F-Zero. Uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. F-Zero is a good game. I don't know if I'd bring it with me, but Tecmo oh, I Super play, Bowl. I could play that all There's day. a lot all with... With um, <clears throat> like the the season modes and stuff like that, I feel like there's a lot of replayability there. Um, Aerobiz Supersonic is a really sweet game. I play. I, I played that as recently as a couple months ago. Uh, it's a uh, like an airport uh, air airliner uh, tycoon uh, game. It's it's way ahead of its time. This game though, uh, very shallow. Again, I played the the Nintendo version. Um, Definitely not my style of game. <clears throat> um, don't don't feel f- cool while playing it. Like some of the games, like every like as a kid, like if you look back, even like at documentaries of like video games uh, and and uh, the origins of video games, like people wanted to play games um, and be someone that they aren't. You know, like they wanted to emulate. You know, like sh- like I, I I did a game I did like was like Shinobi. Uh, like where you're oh, a, nin- a, a ninja, games. yeah. Like you feel badass at least while you're playing, it, even if you suck at it. But like this one, yeah, just, man, like throwing star, boom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This one though, you just feel dumb and while while sucking at it, which is where I was at with it. I told you guys I beat it. I beat the first level. It took me like 45 minutes, but I finally beat the first level. And I'm like, I can't do anymore. Uh, I'm gonna give it a I'll give you a, give it a four. Four, and that is for the four, NES version. Four correct? out of ten on the NES. Yeah. All right. I beat level two again, Kyle. Nice, good job. Did you? Oh, oh hang on. I, I've I've been challenged by a, a listener. Uh, I don't yes, know who, who is this. AGHM. They said, "Where am I going to plug it if I'm on a desert island?" <laughs> it's a very good question. You just got uh, smart. Uh, no, the, the terrorist <laughs> nuclear I've power been, plant. I've been outwitted by a listener. No, no, no. That that terrorist organization was able to make a power plant in the Arctic. You're able to make a power plant. I believe in you. I don't believe in Zach, but I believe in you. That you could okay. make a power plant on that desert island. Or maybe solar panels or something. I don't know. Something. You bring solar panels. You know. You know enough <laughs> about photovoltaic cells on a desert island to make something happen. Never even heard that term, so no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, you uh, you got a review for this one? Well, I'll, I I didn't play it like I said at the beginning. I just kind of watched an SNES play through the first one. I started watching. I couldn't handle it. I wanted to barf all over the place just due to the graphics. Um, and it would have been that lightweight stuff either. It would have been chunky, that industrial mm-hmm. weight puke. Makes sense. Um, and that's something you don't want to have to deal with. But once I started watching uh, someone who's a lot better, even better than Zach, uh, play the playthrough. Not hard to do, right? Made the okay. game look so smooth. <laughs> tons of practice. I was really impressed. You know, I can see where a lot of other games got, um, 
you know, they were kind of like a muse for this game, like kind of like Flappy Bird, how you got to go through different obstacles opening and closing and move through this stuff. I love it. Uh, this is probably the most realistic sub game I think I've ever watched or ever played, and I don't think it'll ever be topped ever again. Um, the ability to move uh, as quickly as that sub does and maneuver through these tight turns and curves is amazing. Every submarine ever made is just like that. I love it. It's awesome to watch. Mm -hmm. The amount of enemies that was thrown at you is awesome. If you were to line up all those enemies, a man could literally walk from Greenland to Iceland to Scotland without even getting his feet wet. Um, it's it's that amazing at how many enemies are thrown. So the best part, I think, about it is at oh, the end man. during the credits when they start playing Beethoven's, what is it, number nine, Ode to Joy. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I, I would have liked to hear the Star Spangled Banner. Probably would have been a little bit better. But Ode to Joy, whatever, that works fine. Yeah, it was a weird choice, Ode to Joy. Yeah, I, I think yeah. more games should probably use music like that. Uh, probably help with sales, to be honest with you. So when it comes to rating, I got to give this game 12 out of 10. It was that good. I enjoyed it that <laughs> much just watching it. I would watch it again every day. I hope more people start streaming this so I can watch everybody else. Maybe one day, once I get a better computer, I might be able to play this one as well. Or if I can find my old SNES... That thing's probably better than what I'm currently rocking, so it'd probably be pretty cool. <laughs> you gotta have a rough. You really must be running out of a toaster, man, if you can't handle something like this. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't even think you need a graphics card for a game like this. <laughs> well, I. You do actually. <laughs> I stand corrected. You do need a graphics. Card. I tried, I tried running all my video. emulators. I tried running all my emulators on a microcomputer a couple months back when I was talking about Aerobiz and all that. Didn't work at all. Hmm. No? Yeah, I was shocked. Like, I figured, like, uh, a micro PC would, would handle all that shit fine, but apparently you need something. I was missing something. There's a bottleneck oh. somewhere. Or something, something. Maybe some of those photovalic panels you were talking about. Yeah, man. That's what you need. Zach, you're yes. paused right now. Yes. Why are you... What's going on here, man? Because isn't, isn't it my turn? Okay, yeah, it it's your turn. Okay. Go for it. I, I got to level three. So that's pretty exciting, you know. You proved me wrong, all I right? Did. I'll say I that. You did. I did. You're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think you'd do it. No. You're so, a bitch. Um, my turn. My review. My my turn. My turn. Um, office reference. Thank you. We need a soundboard every time we do an office reference on here. That's what she said. That could be it. Um, uh. That's what she said. I mean, let's think about this. It's 2020, and we're mm -hmm. sitting here, five white men comparing yeah. a 1991 game to today. Yeah. If this game was released today, would we love it? The answer is no. No. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's... Uh, five white men and a bot, uh, as you've been corrected. <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm torn. Obviously, I'm going to be real biased because I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but I grew up playing The Hunt for Red October on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and I have some really fond memories of playing that with my dad. And I just I remember the box art. I remember that sweet, yeah, beautiful looking Sean Connery face with that red glow, and he's just. I'm like, man, this but is you, the game. Like, Ben, you talked about it. You're like, sometimes you want to play the game and you want to be like the guy. I wanted to be the guy. 
I want to be the guy. They should make a game called that. You didn't get and, you didn't get to be the guy though, because you actually in this game you actually the last level is you getting to be the guy. I know. And you I never know. got there. He could never do it. Dude. I know, but I was and four. See, and was that's four. what makes it so great, right? Because he's he's been chasing this his whole life, man. Yes. He wants to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. There was no password system or cheat codes either. So really, if you want to pl- have that experience, it's probably a pain in the ass, right? Wait, there was no game genie. Oh no. Wait a second. That was for the Super Nintendo, right? Well, there's a there's a Nintendo game genie. I okay. don't know. But basically, uh, it's it's pretty complicated if you do want to be Sean Connery. Like, you got to be good at this game. I was not, and I'm still not. But I'm getting better. Anyways. Someday. The Z- you said this is out of 10 still, right? Oh, yeah. And then and then we got a, what, a 12? What's the lowest? What's the lowest we got? Jamie gave it a 2. That's I gave, embarrassing. Uh, no, no, I, gave, I, gave this one a five. I gave the Nintendo one a 5. Oh, there I mean, we go. Super there Nintendo at two. Oh, okay. I'm gonna give this the 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 biased Zach vote because of the memories, and it's a lot of it's a sub game. We're talking constant sub action until the end. Um, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give this a solid eight. Mm. Oh yeah, there we go. An eight. Somebody loving the game. Very formidable. Okay, I'm going to come in last year. Oh, so, I forgot about you. Now. I've been watching Zach play this game. I only played the Super Nintendo version because I was like, I'm going to load this onto my Super Nintendo Classic, play with the controllers, how it's meant to be played, all that stuff. And I got to tell you what, man, this game takes gaming back to a time when gaming was so darn difficult, right? You talk. Now everybody's like, oh, you know, they talk about Dark Souls being like the hardest thing. And there's only like that one game, right? That's super, super hard. All games used to be super, super hard. I, like I was talking about, you, you go through a level, you are keeping the entire damage you take through that level. And then you're carrying it on into level two. And when you die, guess what? You're going right back to the start. There's no way for me to jump around. There's no way for me to save at a point and then try to do that level over. Can I? Can I ask I mean, a quick, quick question? Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Did you ever yeah, do the sure. ar- Did you ever do the arcade portion of it, like the shooting portion of it? Yes. Yeah, I it, did. Hard as heck, man. In the in the playthrough I saw, that's where they were regaining a lot of their power and their missiles and stuff like that. Because if, if you do, you, you can do well, hit enough yeah. planes. If you do well, you yeah. get all your health back and stuff. Yeah, if you do so, if you well, had the, if you the had the, the super shooter or whatever it's called, the super scope, super theoretically, scope. I could be doing really well. Yeah. But I do not have. They didn't make that when they released the eighty dollar classic. They didn't bring back <laughs> the super scope, unfortunately. They actually kind of should have. It's a tiny, a tiny one though. Like a real tiny one. Oh, that would be yeah, because it's a small <laughs> Super Nintendo. <laughs> it's like a pen. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, it. I mean, using the bonus level with that controller, it is so darn hard. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And um, Cuphead Uh-oh. was mentioned down below as being a very difficult game. Cuphead is difficult, but at the same time, when I die in Cuphead, I don't have to like completely start the game over. You know, it's. I mean, man. I couldn't. I played for two and a half hours in a game that some people speedrunners are getting done in what thirty minutes, and then I couldn't get past level four. It reminded me when we played Hook. 
yeah. for Super Nintendo. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell was that, dude? I got to learn how to beat that game. And then I sped, sped run that game, and I haven't checked my numbers in a while, but I was 19th or 20th or something in the world. But um, this is a game that I th- I really enjoyed. It's crazy. It's making a lot of use of the Super Nintendo controller. You can flip the sub around. You hit the left bumper button, and you'll do a crazy Ivan. You have four different types of missiles. You can shoot straight ahead, shoot vertically. You can, like, lob one like a tennis ball, lob that, or you can just, like, drop one low in front of you. (sighs) Lots of crazy action. And now that you say that there was a giant squid in it, Jamie, Mm -hmm. honestly, I was already thinking that this game was very similar to a game Zach and I reviewed called Steel Diver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with the squid in it, I'm like, wow, did Steel Diver just totally rip this whole thing off? Um, you know, and advance the controls or make them even more difficult. But be good that good for one, the, like there were checkpoints and stuff. Yeah, good for the animal season too. Season, whatever, yeah. whatever animals squid. movies are or animal movies and games squid. and TV shows. Squid games, mm-hmm. animal games. That'd be funny. Uh, so I'm honestly, I had a really great time playing it. I'm gonna keep playing it because I need to just, I need to beat this game. <laughs> and I'm gonna match Zach. Honestly, I was before this even started. I was like, I'd give this an eight because. I had that much fun playing it, and I think the games that frustrate me the most are the ones that I come back to, and I'm like, why was that so? Why did I get so worked up over that freaking game? And I'm like, it's it's because it's hard, and I like a challenge, you know. So uh, in eight, it is for solid. me. And Zach, did you have love it or hate it? Oh, you know, I got love it or hate it. Cue nice. the music, Kyle. Do 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 do. Oh, love it. Da, 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 da. Hate it. Da, 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 da. He loves it. He hates it. Uh oh, she loves it. Uh oh, uh, uh, she hates it. Jamie, what do you want first? I'll wrap it up. Uh, what do I want first? I want. I guess I want. Uh, I want to hate it. I want to see hate it first. So when we're talking video games, this isn't something as easy as just going to imdb.com and finding you know tens or ones. And for a game this old, it absolutely wasn't easy <laughs> finding these kind of reviews. Mostly, you're going to find YouTube people playing this game, just ripping it apart with a lot of vulgarity. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that on this podcast. So, well, I did find the user, Joe the Destroyer. He did a review of this game on HonestGamers.com. He had kind of a lengthy... One star review, but I'm going to read you the the last two paragraphs of his review. Okay? So here's Joe the Destroyer. Now, are you ready for a real kick in the ball sack? The game has bosses (laughs) that require loads of torpedoes to fell. Mm. Because of that, you can't just gun down every adverse sub you meet and must conserve your... Armaments. Yeah, I've said this in other reviews, but here it goes. The Hunt for Red October is an action game where you often have to avoid action. Prospective Mm. developers, please keep this in mind when producing such titles. The Hunt for Red October is just another forgettable movie game with a steep difficulty generated by poor mechanics. It should be no surprise that it's a clunky, damn near unplayable mess that makes even the wonky arcade submarine shooter in the hunt look like a legendary piece. 
Leave this sunken treasure at the bottom of the abyss where it belongs. Starring Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was Joe the Destroyer. Now, so, yeah. I will say, so you mentioned the controls, and granted, you're probably going off the Nintendo version. I can only speak to the Super Nintendo version. Because you are in the Typhoon-class submarine, literally everything is faster than you, smaller than you. So you are the biggest target out there. You are your own biggest challenge, trying to maneuver and avoid everything. You can't you can't run away. You got to fight. But it's I mean, I I guess I I see some of the points. Yeah. And I got and I got I got two points as one, well. No. Yeah, I got I got two points. One uh, Caterpillar Drive was a huge part of Hunt for October, so the idea of being able to evade and avoid action seems to be in line with the film. So just like one point. Other point, Zach, I'm glad you mentioned that we don't, we know, that was a vulgar review. <laughs> we don't go for those vulgarities. And I didn't even mention uh, during the time when Sean Connery's character was running through defusing bombs, the fact that they had his captain dick flopping all over the place. A little digital captain. I didn't even mention it. Do you know why? Because it's vulgar. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. We wow. keep it classy here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Love it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's it's a it's a pinch longer. But this is a legit five out of five star review by Gabriel Mercado. Would you make that up? Why'd you laugh about it? Because I'm sure I mispronounced it. I'm sure I mispronounced it. Me, myself, I love it. Reviewed in the United States, January 21st, 2004. Oh, an old 16 years yeah. old, man. I have had the hunt for Red October for a long time. It's from the movie of the same name, which I do not remember. A thing, because I was small when I saw it. The only thing I remember about the movie is that it starred Sean Connery. You are in a submarine, and you fight off other submarines with torpedoes, or mines, in its path. You also have surface air missiles, which fires straight up from Red October's missile bays, which you can use against planes or boats. You have a weapon called electronic countermeasures, and the device floats in front of the ship when released and causes enemy ship to cease firing for a short time. And you have other weapons, just to name two or three. The graphics are very nice, and the controls are awesome. Plus, you can use this super scope if you have it. I will tell you what the first mission is, but that's all because I do not want to spoil the game by telling you all the missions. Mission one is that you are a Soviet captain, Marco Ramius, in the years 1984, and you disillusioned with your homeland and its government, you have decided to Take your prototype submarine, the Red October, and defect to the United States. That's why I am telling you, because a lot of people like me love surprises. For other missions, it tells you in the instruction booklet. All the missions, so you know what they are about. And there are people who have seen the movie, but never played the game. All in all, it's a great game. I still got my old SNES and this game. Thanks. Have a super year. Five out of five. Big question. Just Love just, it. Just one question. So... Kyle, because because in, in the in the run that I saw on YouTube, they never used any kind of electronic 
whatever it was called, countermeasures. Was that in the Super okay. Nintendo game? Yeah, if you hit the right bumper ah. or R they, button, they never used you it, would so. you would go invisible, and mm. so other subs and stuff wouldn't actively attack you. However, if like turrets on the ground and stuff, they'd still be firing, and I see. it didn't make you invincible, but it made you invisible. I see. So I, yeah, I, I guess I was confused because. I had seen that somewhere that that was available, but in the in the run that I saw, they never used it. Not once. Yeah, I tried to use it, and honestly, it made things worse because you'd get deeper mm-hmm. into enemy territory, and it runs out pretty darn quick. And then all of a sudden, you come back, and then they're all on you at once. So it was uh, quite difficult. All right, you guys ready for some trivia? Yes, sir. So there is there. You know, I'm gonna, I, I, I grabbed what I could. Um, as, as we mentioned, the uh, NES version had a very different type of level uh, than the SNES. That was the uh, platform-style gameplay with Rabius. And then, alternately, the Super Nintendo was one of only 11 games, not 7 games, that used a Super Scope accessory. It was used to only play some bonus stages where the submarine was in first person and you were uh, supposed to be destroying enemies and projectiles. And the use was still optional. Um, obviously, you wouldn't have to own the super uh, scope in order to play the game. So um, in the end, how, how I heard it was that basically super scope was released in the United States. It sold incredibly poorly to the point where they weren't even planning on releasing it to Japan, but in order to try to recoup costs, they shifted a bunch of the um, super scopes and tried to sell them in Japan just to try to recoup some costs. Like it originally really? wasn't even it was supposed that to be bad. Yeah. It wasn't even supposed to be like sold in Japan or maybe not as quickly. Uh, and so the big launch was supposed to be in uh, North America, and it did not go so well. So they just shipped them all over to Japan to try to sell them. Um, wow. And then that doesn't uh, surprise me. Yeah, the, I mean, that it, thing was what's a, funny it was is a piece of chunk. The zapper, <laughs> the zapper was great. I loved using that with Duck Hunt and stuff like that on the NES. So I guess I'm a little surprised that there n- nothing caught on because even one of the games that I saw, one of the eleven, was like that T2 arcade game, the Terminator 2 arcade game, which I remember playing in ice hockey arenas and stuff like that, traveling around. Um, and that one was pretty fun. And I could imagine the Super Scope being pretty fun using on a game like that. So I don't know. Maybe it just no, wasn't. They've had, really good, they've had really good success, I think, with other like rail shooter arcade-style yeah. games. But that I, you know, came with the Wii and that type yeah. of stuff. I had a really fun time with... House, House of the, of the Dead, Dead games. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, maybe fun. it just didn't work. So maybe, good. Super Scope maybe just didn't work well. That's the only thing I can think. That, was, that maybe whatever technology it, they were trying to use just didn't work very well. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. I was so young when we it had it. It was very inaccurate. I remember mm-hmm. using it, and it was a pain in the ass. And then it drained batteries like crazy. I think it took, mm-hmm. what, four or eight That's what they say. Yeah, the, the, batteries. The, the number of batteries was kind of hilarious that they listed. It was like four D batteries or something. You're like, Jesus. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, right. and it would die like after every other use. It took so much. It was crazy. PlayStation well, 2 day, had the... Uh, like, uh, oh, what are you saying, bro? PlayStation 2 had a really nice light gun that came with Time Crisis 3. Man, I wish... I, I regret selling that. That was, uh, that was a fun one. Had the orange right. light gun. I think it was. I think it was USB powered. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, I think so. And you guys ready for the a little battery trivia? stuff back oh. in the day? Oh yeah, it used to just be crazy because uh, talking about that super super scope draining batteries. Any of you guys ever have a Sega Game Gear? Oh yeah, yeah. that thing yep. died mm-hmm. all the time too. Took six AA batteries <laughs> and like that I had mean, a full how many hours? You 
like that a full 3D screen though, and it looked pretty it, cool. Yeah, it was way ahead of its time, but like if you did not have the AC, I have one in my closet right there, pointing right <laughs> behind me. I've got a Game Gear in that closet right there. And thank thank God I have an AC adapter because like I'm not sitting there charging up batteries all the time, and I don't want to do that. It's just nuts, man. It's like I'm losing frames right now, guys. <laughs> There's too much. Are, uh, look at all those bombs dropping. My <laughs> word. Yeah, there's no way my toaster would be handling this right now. <laughs> um, all right, you got so a Hamilton you... Beach computer or something there? Oh snap! So I'm going to be doing right, some, you got some trivia? trivia. Yeah, some video gaming trivia. So I decided to go video gaming in general. That's the category okay. from our from our okay. Jeopardy. <sighs> 200, 400, 600, 800, 1,000. I think I came in lowest, or maybe, maybe did Alex, or no, you came in highest. Alex came in the highest. Uh, mm-hmm. Who came in lowest? Maybe I gave it, it a four. Brom. Yeah, Brom, maybe. Probably been 200, 400, 600, 800,000. What do you got, Brom? Um, 200. Oh, okay. Special edition take, of this. Uh, I want to take the softball. Yeah, the special edition of this Guitar Hero competitor comes with guitar, mic, and drum kit peripherals. Rock Band. Yep, two hundred. What is Rock All right. Band? And then um, Zach, because you've been doing the the hard labor of actually playing the game. Uh, Four hundred, right. six hundred, eight hundred, or a thousand. Oh, a thousand. Give me the most. I think you might be able to get this. Uh, MMORPGers rejoiced. I rejoice and play the Hyborian Adventures of this swordsman created by Robert E. Howard. Say that again. MMORPG uh, players yeah. rejoice and play the Hyborian Adventures of this swordsman created by Robert E. Howard. Hyborian Adventures. Is it the name of a game or of, am I, is it a character? It's a character. Oh, man, I might know this. I, I, Hyborian adventures of this swordsman created by Robert. Oh wait, wait, wait! So we talking Howard? Anyone else know it? But the name of the sword—I don't know the name. I don't know. Is it? uh, This is going to be like a total out of left field guess. But my brother is big into some of these things. I'm going to guess Dritz Duarden. No. 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 No, dang it! <laughs> Jordan. That would be a crazy Jeopardy answer. <laughs> no one would get that. Yeah, what, what, what is this one going to be? Those words don't make any sense, and I don't. Did you make them up? That's for all I know. You just made that up. Sounds like it. Sure no. does, doesn't it? Uh, Hyborian. He was oh, a king. swordsman. He was a king of Hyboria. Robert E. Howard wrote about him. Played by Arnold Schwarzenegger in a couple films. Oh, Conan. Conan. Oh. It's Conan. Oh, Wait, you said there was an MMORPG MMO? with you? Yeah, there's a Conan MMO. Yeah, yeah. Let's I, look I was saying, this one the, up. The, the best part of, of Jeopardy video game categories is just how quickly they change. There I saw is. some other ones where I was just like, I don't know what you're like, which one was Clayman part of? And I'm like, I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, I, know, I know Clayman. That was uh, Clay Fighters, right? Or something? I know no, Clay no, Fighters. No, that's wrong. It's not Clay Fighters. Oh. It's a different game. Age of Conan came out. 2008. Yeah, so then this was Jeopardy in 2008. <laughs> All right, so okay. Kyle, 400, 600, or 800? I got to try to recoup some here, 800. The year is 1720 in the Sony Online Entertainment game named These Swarthy Types 
of the burning sea. What? I know. It's a very very confusing clue. The year is 1720 in the Sony online entertainment game named These Swarthy Swarthy Types of the Burning Sea. So the name is Blank of the Burning Sea. And the insert is some swarthy type. Is it just swirly? Swarthy. 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 Oh, is it pirates? Pirates yes. of the Burning Sea? I don't yes. know. Man. Seriously? Pirates, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, it's a dumb I, mean, I feel Alex, like you don't have to be into video games at all to know the answer to, to that. I need I know, a quick update. update. Age well, of Conan Hyb- just had. So, Hyborian Adventures, I would have known because I, I knew Conan was uh, Hyborian of the Hyborian Age. Conan just had their, had their 12th anniversary event this year, so it's still going strong. Alex, 400 Dude, or 600? Double X 400. 400? So this is the Nintendo one, and why I chose it, because it has to do with the accessories of Nintendo. Accessories for this Nintendo game system include boxing gloves, a dancing mat, and a balance board. The Wii? Yep. You know? And then, up in the air, because it's a pretty close game right now, given that Kyle guessed wrong with whatever he made up for the $1,000 one. <laughs> Uh, you say to, to yeah, in? you got to say it. Buzz in with your name. Use a device that creates doors in the unlikeliest of places in this futuristic Kyle. game. Um, dang it, Kyle got it. <laughs> Portal. Yes. Yeah. Portal. And you made uh, made it up to tie Alex at four hundred. Ooh. All right. Yeah. So, spoiler: Alex and I one day before. Super senior year of college started. I text Alex because he was living in his townhouse or apartment near my townhouse, and I said, "Hey, come on over. I got Portal Two. We sit, how long did we play that game? Like eight hours, where we sat down and beat the whole darn thing in one day." Yeah, we did. It was pretty pretty amazing. Zach that and I, so Zach good. and I beat it too. I think. Mm-hmm. It is so fun, and there was this even a level. Great. I got so frustrated because Alex and I couldn't figure it out. I left to go do something, and Alex, I came back or whatever, and Alex was like, dude, I did it. I soloed it. And I was like, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. It was I incredible. Actually, I actually remember what you were trying to do at that point, but I'm not going to give it away to, uh, to okay. listeners. If they could guess, though, write it write it on our website what, <laughs> what you think the guess is, and we'll let you know if it's right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like what Kyle went to do instead. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did I go do? Yes. And then I don't remember. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to finish up with a little Phantom Zone. Do you have the uh, the music for it? I do. Hey, maybe Jamie, yep. you should explain to any new listeners what Phantom Zone is. Well, Phantom Zone is where we try to connect whatever we're doing here to our Lord and Savior Ed Harris, who starred in the movie Phantom, which is episode 1. And don't go back and listen to that one because it is a <laughs> terrible episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, it's you're connecting him through only actors, actresses, people associated <laughs> in the film industry, right? That have been in other submarine movies, right? All right, so are we ready? Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Andrew Davey is listed as a designer on the game. So when you finish the game, that's actually the first name up there, designed by Andrew Davey. He was also a designer on the game Mech Warrior, which is based in the Battletech world. 
And has any of you guys ever played Battletech games? It's kind of like D&D, but like futuristic. Yeah. I have not. And then they made a I series. don't know what it is. Yeah, then they made a, a series of video games as well. He he was a designer on the, I think the first one, but it may have been the second release or something. Kind of like how there was NES and then a SNES version. He was on the second Mech Warrior, but it's just Mech Warrior 1 for the second system. Um, and anyways, in the Battletech world, there are, there are submarines in different iterations. Now, Dean Devlin currently holds the rights to MechWarrior franchise for film. And do you, do you, people remember who Dean Devlin is? Nope. Is, he, is he Landry's dad? No, he is not. No, that's Glenn Morshar. <sighs> but uh, Dean Devlin is a longtime collaborator of Roland Emmerich. He wrote Godzilla. And so it's easy to go from there. And so he holds, yeah, he holds the, the rights to MechWarrior. He actually was also, and Kyle, he was also the director of Geostorm. Which started really? at Harris. And it's because, you know, that comes up every once in a while. Every once in a while we mentioned Geostorm in passing on this podcast, including last week during the Waterworld episode. Kyle, you, you mentioned it because you mentioned how Ed Harris, he lost his, you were saying he lost his fastball a little bit. I, I think you uh, I think that came up. He was looking a little rough in there. Right. You're saying he was like, it's not his best. And that's amusing because if you go back and listen to that first episode of this podcast, the very first episode was released in February. Yeah. You know, just mere months after we watched Geostorm in theaters together, holding hands, and we went on that yeah, podcast and we were talking true. about Geostorm. It came up on that first podcast. And I said, Seriously? you know what? I feel like he was looking a little rough, lost his fastball. And you you were disagreeing with me. Really? Yeah. And then here at 100 and uh, <laughs> what? 15. 13 episodes later. 114 15, episodes. Yeah. 14, 15, 13. Craziness. Yeah. Craziness. And now we're back. It's like a time is a flat circle. So welcome to Submersion. It is. Submersion. Episode one. Fifteen. <laughs> but one. All right. What Brown's got glasses on now. What's going on? <laughs> All right. Now let's go. Moving on. All right. Time for a little subs worldwide. It's it's subs 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 world. world. Wide, 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 wide. All right, so I've already covered the Typhoon class. Done it, did it, long time ago. So I was like, you know what? This game's bringing back a little bit of nostalgia, so why don't I put some nostalgia in this podcast right now for all of you? I played the Super Nintendo version. I grew up playing... I played a lot of the original Nintendo, but more so I played a lot more of the Super Nintendo. So I was like, let's go ahead and cover Super Nintendo tonight. So the Super Nintendo was originally leaked. Do you guys know when it was released? In Japan? 96? Uh, 96. Wait, Super Nintendo? It had been earlier because yeah, Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo came out in 1977. I'm going to say three. In Japan, it would have been a year earlier, so probably 93. 93. 92 and a half. All right, 92 and a half, 93, 94. Super Nintendo was originally released in Japan and South Korea in 1990. Whoa! Wow. Yep. Blown away. And 
In Japan, it was known as the Super Famicom. In South Korea, it was known as the Super Comboy. Uh, This is the second home console release by Nintendo. The first, obviously, being the Nintendo Entertainment System. And what year was that released in Japan? And the U.S., if you know both. Which console are we on now? No, the original Nintendo. When when did that come out in Japan? When did it come out in America? 83 and 85. 85. Okay. I'll go 86. uh, 86. All right. So that was originally released in Japan in 1983. Mm. And it did come to the U.S. in 1986. Mm. Yep. All right. So... I thought this was also kind of interesting. I mean, you think now, like, console life, I mean, they've got what? It's like six-ish years, somewhere around there. Uh, the original Nintendo, so Nintendo, you know, they had the NES, and that was not, they weren't really in any rush to push anything new out. But all of a sudden other companies showed up releasing 16-bit systems. The TurboGrafx-16 and the Sega Genesis came out with 16-bit graphics, and then Nintendo thought, oh, shoot, we better put something out because they didn't want to lose market share like crazy. So when they first released Super Nintendo, they typical Nintendo, right? They under underproduced stuff, and I guess it's just been going on since the beginning of the time. In Japan, they released 300,000 units. That's it. Sold out in a matter of hours. And I guess there was a bunch of funny stuff that I found some stuff on Wikipedia I thought was pretty funny. Um, so <laughs> they it caused a quote-unquote social disturbance, whatever that means. And um, government asked Nintendo to make future releases on weekends so things wouldn't get so crazy. And also, Yakuza, the infamous Yakuza, were involved with the release of the Super Nintendo. So they were hijacking shipments of Super Nintendos. So Nintendo would have to ship these things out at night to avoid uh, robbery. That's crazy. I I know. I was like, that's out of control. And the SNES and Genesis... Sega Genesis led to what has been known as the console wars. It's a good book. Uh, is it a book? Yeah, I got it on my bookshelf. Well, you want to go ahead and just flash that real quick, or just it's you know, downstairs. Do but post. I can. Yeah. No, nope, don't want to bring it upstairs. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Sega Genesis was yeah. targeted towards Lake older Harris. an older audience. And but Nintendo was able to win out. I mean, right now, I mean, Nintendo they're not targeted towards like necessarily an older audience. They do have games, but you think about people our age, whatever, you're probably going to gravitate towards I don't know, a PC or PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. But Nintendo still does have great stuff. I still love it. I still play it a lot. <laughs> Nintendo's killing it this year. They are killing it. I think their numbers just came out with the pandemic. Yeah. Like they have just skyrocketed over four hundred percent. Out of control. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty crazy. So they're still doing stuff right. Oh, and yes. Nintendo won big because they got Street Fighter 2 on the console. And when they got it, Sega Genesis did not get it for another year. 
And so Nintendo used to have a lot of control over what their third-party manufacturers could and could not do, uh, especially with the Nintendo Entertainment System. I thought this stuff was kind of crazy. They would not allow third-party manufacturers to release more than five games a year, and the same game could not come out on another console within two years. So... They really, uh, they really had the market with that. If you were there, I mean, I guess you're locked in. Uh, I mean, obviously things are way different now. Stuff comes out on all consoles at all the same time. And as we'd mentioned here also, uh, Nintendo is famous for its peripherals, right? They're always trying to put something in your hands to enhance your gameplay, give something... Some kind of other Innovative. Thing. I can't tell if, if Brahms paused or what's going on, but that guy's <laughs> just sitting there right now. That's totally... He's just got some recording going. He's, no, he's smiling. <laughs> there he is. Okay. So, as we mentioned here multiple times, uh, the Super Scope, and you said 11 games, Jamie? That's what I said, yeah. But uh, some of them some of them are weird because they're, like, built-in kind of, like, just show-offy games. So, like, uh, it's, like, Super Scope, yeah. like, whatever, and T2 arcade game. Those seem like they're ones where you couldn't really play without the Super Scope, so they were kind of released as part and that of it. And that was Yoshi Safari. Like, you could not own that game without the Super Scope. It just didn't work. So you might have been uh, right. This, it might have been right where you had, like, a seven total where Super Scope was just kind of integrated a little bit into the game. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. still, a, a very small number of the total number of games released. Uh, Super Scope was one of their peripherals. Another one, uh, which I had at my house was the SNES mouse. Did you guys have that for Mario Paint? Mm-hmm. I did. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was always fun. You could just sit there and paint. Yeah. They also made a uh, the Batter Up, which was a baseball bat. Didn't know that. I had the track I had the track running one for the original Nintendo. Did you? It was like a pad that you well, ran on as a track game. You, well, maybe you had this one then because I didn't. I didn't know this was a thing. The Life Fitness. It's an exercise bike controller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it what like the a, heck? A um, so, Super Nintendo came out originally in 1990 in Japan. Do you guys in 91 in the U.S. What year do you think it was discontinued in yeah. Japan? What year do you think it was discontinued in North America? Super 2003, Nintendo? 2001. Those are my two guesses. Japan, United States. 99, 98, 99, something like that. Okay. 2004. So you're thinking like two years before the Wii, they discontinued the Super Nintendo, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alex, any guesses? Um, I, I don't know. I, I want to say like 94. Mm, makes sense. You think it was there for four years? Okay. Well, that guy, yeah. That guy's shooting from the hip right now. I don't know what that guy's on. <laughs> but anyways, um, Jamie, you were correct in Japan. 2003 wow. is when they discontinued it. Um, U.S., Zach, you were correct, 1999. Hmm. So, and I don't, did you guys know this? They released a new, su- new style Super NES in 1997? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It looked way different than the original. Like, it was some... I looked at pictures of it, and I was like, I've never seen this. It's not it's a It's like boxy, now how right? they do like a... They'll do like a PlayStation, PlayStation Pro, Slim, all that stuff, but they... I guess they've been doing this forever. I didn't realize it. 
And when this originally launched in the United States, it was for $200, which is equivalent to $375 today. So now I've got a few things here. I know I've gone on quite a bit about the (laughs) SNES, whatever. But I've got top five. I want you guys to tell me, what do you think are the top five best-selling Super Nintendo games of all time? Super Mario World, Super Mario World, Final Fantasy Seven, mm. or three, or whatever that was on the SNES. That was really popular. I think it was three. It was three, yeah. Probably Super Mario Mario, Mario, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Super That's Metroid. I don't think Metroid's going to be on there. And Johnny's Big Adventure. How many have we said already, Kyle? I've heard three or five. five. Okay. Waterworld. I've heard four or five. Uh, (laughs) uh, E.T., the video game. What? Donkey Kong Country, the the original? Mm, That was a good one, yeah. Donkey Kong, yeah. I doubt the second and third one are on that list, but... Sam. I mean, it's two and three. You guys have have four out of five. You guys have four out of five. You've got the top four. What What are we missing here? I got my. Um, uh, I mentioned Kirby it earlier. Superstar? In this. Oh. I mentioned it earlier. Godzilla. <laughs> I wish. Oh, I, uh, I wish too. Sonic. No, oh, that's that, a Sega uh, thing. That's Jamie. Sega, dude. Look at you. Oh, Mortal, Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. That sheepish smile. Oh, Mortal. Oh, uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter too. There you go. All right. So yeah, <laughs> Super Mario World at the top spot with twenty point six million. Yeah. Super Mario All Stars yeah. at ten point five five million. Donkey Kong Country with 9.3. Street Fighter 2. Mario Kart with 8.76. And Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior with 6.3. Just missing it were number six spot, Donkey Kong Country 2, followed by Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Ah, beautiful. Followed by Yoshi's Island, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, and Donkey Kong Country, which leads me into my next thing. So that was best-selling. Best-selling Super Nintendo games all time. So much. I know, dude. I've got so much tonight. I've got a lot here. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip out of here soon, guys. Yeah. All right. So I've got I've got I found two different sites that talk about the top ten rated Nintendo games or Super Nintendo games all time. So you want to give me top five? You guys have already mentioned some of them. And what do you think are best-selling? Wait, wait, best selling or best rated? You told us how many this units is, were sold. This is best rated. This is best rated, but you mentioned some of oh, these titles okay. in best selling. What was that and one that we've got, uh, we've got results Trigger. from Digital Trends and IGN? Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. You got one of them. You got one of them. Was one of the Final Fantasy 3s or something on there? Four or three? Yep. Yeah. Chief Link to the Past on that? Link to the Past is, the only, is one of the only ones that they agree on, and that is number one rated, yeah. both mm-hmm. sites. Um, uh, Johnny's Big Adventure. No. Waterworld. Country 3. Uh, Sonic. Nope. What's the one? Nope. Secret of Mana? That one was pretty popular. That's a, oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's probably not so, other. Secret it's of popular. Mana is another one that they, the only other one I could find they agreed on, and that came in at number 11. Ah, uh, okay. Robot World? I give up. Yeah. 
Uh, what you guys are missing here, I mean, granted, there's there's some difference here. Super Metroid made hmm. both lists, and Super Mario World also hmm. made both lists. And that is what I have for my very lengthy segment tonight. So, Alex, you got any news for us, man? Not submarine news, but... <laughs> but you got some kind of news? Sure. Well, let's cue the music. One, two, three. You guys think I was actually looking up news? All right, Alex. What do you got for us? Okay, well, since we're doing the guessing game tonight where everybody has to guess, what like was this. some really big video game news? Because we're talking about video games that just C- came out Cyberpunk? within the past week. No, close. Halo will yes. not launch with Xbox. Correct. Okay, so leading up into that news, whenever Halo or big games has a big release, what's something else that also gets released with it? A patch. Shooters do a, a lot of shooters do this. Well, no, but like another product that you buy season to keep pass. you going all night long. Oh, gamer fuel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So since Halo got delayed, all those cans that they already made are still out there, and <laughs> they're gonna go ahead and release them. And it all the double XP that you're supposed to get with it is supposed to end at December 31st. So no way. Is, yeah. So it's not gonna happen. But the good news is, is they're going to work on it and you'll still be able to get the double EXP and they're going to hopefully all come together and hold hands and get this all worked out for all of us. Because I think we all know anyone playing Halo is going to need a lot of Mountain Dew, <laughs> some clean socks, some hand sanitizer, and then your choice of snack, whether that be Doritos, Cheetos, Taquitos. Any other Eatos. Any <laughs> Hot pockets. Uh, hot pockets. Hey. Thank you. Klondike hot bars. Hot pocketos. I don't. I don't know. Like really, I have very little knowledge of what you guys are talking about. Come on, man. They, Halo. They release gamer fuel. This is a thing. Gamer. Oh, fuel. dude. Yeah, man. Halo Mountain gamer, Dew, man. Fuel. Halo Two mm-hmm. is when they first. I think was when they first introduced the concept of gamer fuel. Or three. Maybe it was Halo Three in college. I can't remember. Well, I don't drink Mountain Dew. So. Okay. Well, then it won't affect you. All yeah. right. Yeah. That's that's all I got since you guys have we've already taken up a long time tonight for reviewing a really shitty game. So that's all oh, I got. Oh, hold on. Hold mm. your toe. <laughs> all right. Let's all keep right. it going. Brom, you got something for us? Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. All right. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm good to go. So tonight, I'm going to, I'll keep it very swift here. Got my top five video games hmm. that were adapted from movies. Interesting. That's a good top five list. Oh, I, I, I know the num- number one, it seems obvious, but. Yep. It was for me, but uh, it's this is pretty self curated. I looked I looked for some inspiration from where, what other people were thinking about this, and my number one was I guess less obvious, or maybe it was too obvious, and they wanted to be hip and and cool and pick something else. But 
starting off number five counting down here number five i'm gonna go with spider-man for the playstation 2 2002 video game was also oh, released yeah. on was... gamecube xbox and pc that to was a metascore it was great it was amazing yep. uh to a metascore of 76 which is pretty low honestly but i had a blast with it uh i imagine a lot of you guys also played it and uh I remember doing all the cheat codes and stuff too, but um, followed the events of the Spider-Man Tobey Maguire movie, uh, Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin, uh, amongst others, and uh, it's a fun one. It's a good one. Is that the one where like you'd fight Carnage and all them? And where was he at? He was in some kind of like lab or something. Uh, I don't think Carnage was in that one. Okay, could be could be mistaken. Spider-Man 2 was uh, higher rated. Um, he might have showed up in that one. Okay. Uh, number four, I couldn't remember if this was the one that uh, Kyle played a lot. I guess it was Hook. Uh, number four, though, for me, is Aladdin <laughs> for the Sega Genesis. Oh, man. They Nin- just released, re-released those games. Yeah, you can get on the Switch. You can get Aladdin and Lion King now in a bundle. Yep. Yeah, the uh, Sega Genesis version of Aladdin from 1993, though, a great platformer, uh, really stands the test of time, too, if you're looking for a good nostalgic uh, platformer. Uh, highly recommend Aladdin if you never played it, but uh, very good mechanics, very fun, smooth experience. I like Lion King better. Oh, hot take. Hot take. Dude, Controversial I had that on... Game Gear, well, still do in that closet, which I pointed to <laughs> earlier today. No, right closet. there. That With, game is so hard, man. The which level one? where you got to jump on all the wildebeests. Mm-hmm. Lion King. That Number was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Number three, I'm going to go with. God, there's so many from this universe. Uh, so this is probably not at the top of many. A lot of people would probably go with Knights of the Old Republic, but uh, my Star Wars pick is Jedi Starfighter, Mm. uh, PlayStation 2, 2002 release. My brother bought it for me, and I played the crap out of this game. Uh, Released to a a lot of solid reviews. Uh, Ultimately, uh, Metascore now is 81 on it, Uh, but very fun. You play as, God, I can't remember her name, Kalia or Galia or something, but... Uh, some obscure Jedi who uh, uh, rises to prominence in the in the Star Wars as she pilots her uh, Jedi starfighter. Uh, you also play uh, Nim, I think was his name, uh, who's like a mercenary. And so you bounce back and forth between their two starships. And uh, missions are fun. Characters are fun. Um, really good dogfighter. Not as good as Star, uh, Star Fox. That's, that's my go-to starfighter. Uh, but, uh, Jedi starfighter for that generation was a great, great, uh, entry. Number two, yeah, we'll have to I see liked, how uh, that, uh, I new one better. coming out is going to do. Yeah. That looks really good. I mean, Tie fighter was sweet fighter for PC. was what we used to do. Growing oh, up. I used Tie to the next play that with a joystick. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's a popular selection as well. Uh, it was either Knights of the Old Republic or TIE Fighter. The pod racing game for, was it N64? I can't remember, but that one was pretty good, too. Which they just re-released. That was an N64 uh, release title. 
I think yeah. uh, a that lot of N64s were bundled with that one. Wasn't there one of them that was on the PlayStation now? Now, I that's that Racer's w- Revenge. Oh, okay. That's the, it- that's the second one. But now they also re-released Pod Racer, which is the first one, which many of oh. us played. Because a while ago, Sorry. I downloaded Racer's Revenge. Right. I mean, it's very similar. Uh, but, I mean, what are you going to change? But, uh, yeah, now, now Pod Racer is on Switch, PS4, probably on Xbox. I don't know, though. All right. Awesome. Number number two, I'm going to go with Die Hard Trilogy for the wow. PlayStation 1996 release. I don't think I've ever heard uh, of this. Is it kind of like an adventure game? What's the gameplay like? Uh, so it's actually really cool. There's three different games in, in on the disc or discs. I can't remember if it was multiple discs, but uh, Die Hard 1 was a third-person shooter where you navigate uh, the different floors. So every time you beat a level, you have to kill all the en- enemies on a level. Uh, there's a little ticker in the top right corner telling you how many guys are left. You have to kill them all, then you get to advance to the next floor, and you just go floor by floor by floor by floor, uh, killing all the uh, terrorists. Um, and I remember the God mode is Ruds, right up down square. I still remember the cheat code to go into God <laughs> mode on that. Um, and I haven't played it in like 19 years or 18 years or something like that, probably, or, or more, really. Uh the second one in that box set was a uh, on rail shooter, so uh, a la like a Time Crisis or House of the Dead. Um, and then the third one was it Die Hard with a Vengeance or whatever, whatever the third movie was called. Uh, it was like a taxi driver one where you had to mm-hmm. uh, you drive a taxi and you have to hit all the different checkpoints and whatnot. Um, but no, really cool, really cool game. Especially as a child, I don't know. It probably doesn't hold up nowadays. But Die Hard trilogy is my number two and number one. It's let's obvious. Say it all together, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Let's say it all together. Three, two, one. Golden Eye. Look. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Golden Eye for the N64, 1997, uh, 96 Metascore, uh, critically beloved. Uh, this was like the Godfather of first-person shooters. Obviously, not the very first, but the one that brought the uh, the format to uh, prominence and everyone fell in love with first-person shooters. And I feel like every year since, people just piled those suckers onto every console that was released thereafter. Uh, nothing really able to emulate the excitement, though, of GoldenEye. There was just so much fun to be had there in the multiplayer. And even the, even the, the, the single-player, the... Uh, campaign has some very memorable levels too, but um, even the cheats were really funny. Big head mode, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, paintball, Paint, paintball yeah. mode. It was yeah. a great game. It is a great game. And I'll tell you what, man. All those developers, they went on and made another game called Time Splitters, and that is one of my favorite shooters that's ever been made in that whole series. It's they have a lot of fun game modes and stuff. Uh, virus is one of them. It's like a tag type game, but there's a lot of a lot of hope that that game ever gets remade. But yeah, mm-hmm. a lot, they came over from Goldeneye and did that. Goldeneye that was made by Rare, right? Yep, yep. That was Rare. Yeah. People that made Perfect Dark, Banjo Kazooie, Viva Pinata, Sea of Thieves. Rare did all the Donkey Kong Country games. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Johnny's big adventure. Great developers. Bad fur Day, Conquers one of the greatest games ever made. Yep. Yeah. But those are my top five games based on movies. There it is. Those are good, man. Those are good. All right, Zach, you are looking anxious. <laughs> He's got to work tomorrow. Let's get into those Zach facts. Do, 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 do. Zach facts, it's Zach facts. When you're going down, get some Zach facts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are, are we doing the over under? What are we doing? Come on. Three. Under. Uh, over under? Under. Under. Over. Over. I'm going to say over. Over. Over under four and a half. Under. Over three. Over one. Alex said over one. I heard that. There's a lot of nostalgia with this guy and Doug playing this game. So, man, maybe I'm going to go over on this. I'm going over, too. What did Jamie say? Under. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very, very first time ever ever special edition the very special zach facts viewer question showcase yeah. spectacular Whoa. so if you've already or if you're sick of hearing questions because apparently we were all in the same brainwave this week well i've got more question coming. stuff oh no <laughs> oh yeah like no joke the very special zach facts viewer question showcase spectacular fact number one 79% of our viewers wanted to know which one of us is most like Sean Connery from this game. And then I'll tell you what our viewers answered after I hear what you guys guess. Uh, most like Sean Connery. Mm, Alex. That is correct. From this game? Yeah, I from think this Alex game. Is, yeah. It was reckless. She was driving uh, a sub, see, crashing no, no. stuff. From this game, I'm going to say, Kyle, you're nimble. Really? You're hopping from ladder to platform to platform. Diff- Diffusing bombs. bombs. That's a, I'm that's a pacifist, a big hobby so I'm, of mine. I'm not into the shooting all those anonymous bad guys. But you're you're probably going crazy on that. You're loving it. I've played basketball with the most number of hosts of this podcast, and I can tell you that those jumping skills... Uh, <laughs> It's Alex. It's Alex. Oh, okay. See, that's the thing I get. I'll also say Alex, yeah. 79% of our viewers said Kyle. (laughs) Probably the same reason I did. And that's a fact. Loves killing people and jumping. Two things I know about. Fact number two. Viewers asked us, the hosts, if you knew hell... Would be you sitting in a humid room playing this game for eternity? Would you change the way you live to avoid it? Nah. <laughs> well, how long? How long do I live my life? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why, just, but, well, why, how, why am I going to hell? What do I have to change? Just saying. Right now, if everything you've been doing is going to lead you to hell, and that's what hell is, what am I doing? Would it? you yeah. change? Would you change? In what There's way? There's no physical pain <laughs> involved, so. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I'd roll yeah, I the dice. Know, I, I I rated this an eight, so I guess I gotta <laughs> I gotta go with that, right? I change. I just I just need more guidance. Gotta go to the Dagobah system for that one. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good call. Uh, 
Well, that was fact two. <laughs> think there's more? That's a, that's a fact. I those do. Listeners ask that yeah, question. I don't know, man. <laughs> fact number three. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Viewers wanted to know how many of us actually owned an NES at some point. And the viewers answered, I'll give you what they thought first. The viewers said, they think all of us had one except Jamie because he's a fancy boy. That's true. I am a fancy lad. No, I'm not a fancy boy. Get out of here. I'm a fancy lad. Uh, and the fact is, I think it's, it's all depending on your interpretation of the question because my older brothers obviously had an NES. An NES came out when I was a wee fancy lad. Uh, and they had a NES a, that I continued to play. A- Did I own it? They would say no. And they would punch me in the arm. And I'd go, Mom! <laughs> and that'd be that. Mm. They'd be like, I f- that damn fancy boy <laughs> saying that NES is his again. I find myself in a similar but also dissimilar situation. It was my brothers who owned it. My, but my brother was so much older that I don't think he cared uh, but ultimately, it was gone one day, and I think we it got upgraded to a different console. So I guess technically, I didn't own a Nintendo by that token. I think mine's mine's still in the house. I could probably go home and, and plug it in. Go steal it. it. Go steal it. Yeah, bring it, it back. Is. Ours was like a a family console, so yeah. I don't yeah. know that I can also say like it's I couldn't take ownership. You know, that was ours collectively as a family. So. There was I, never I don't one, think I can say I did. There was never one in my household at any time growing up. Wow. So the twist was that Alex was a fancy lad all along. That's the Zach fact twist. Mm. Wow. I'm there you go, viewers. Viewers were wrong. Viewers were wrong. Guys think they did have a VHS player, though. So Guys think there's fancy. a fourth Zach fact? Yes. Now I, I think, think there's so, a yeah, fourth, sure. a fifth, maybe a sixth. I don't know. Fact number 80. four. <laughs> wow. One viewer might have asked, Kyle, <laughs> can you get on the speedrun leaderboard under the name Harry? What's his last name again, Kyle? Keto. Okay. Hmm. If you can get on the leaderboard on speedruns.com with this game, with that username. I... Highly doubt it. This game there's, is hard as hell. Kyle, there's two people on the leaderboard. Oh, <laughs> okay. I yes. can do it. I can do it. I think I could, I could crack that top three. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Harry Keetle in it five hours. You just have to be able to beat the game. All right. Yeah. So if you would have done it tonight during this stream, you would have been on the leaderboard. I, if I would have been recording it and I could submit it to their to, well, to it's whatever there has been recorded. This is how I submitted it. That's, That's true. If I had beaten it, then yeah, we could have submitted this entire episode. <laughs> Somebody would have had to sit down and listen to it yeah. all. And be like, oh my gosh, what is that about? Man, uh, imagine if he had beat the game while we were streaming it, just how crazy we would have all went. We'd be like, wow. Oh, that would have been epic. Lightning. Yeah, it would have been. Hmm. All right, all right, all right, all right. You guys think that's it? Is it over? Well, it seems like you're having a lot of fun. I think you might keep on going. Yeah, I think this guy has another one. Facts number five of the very special Zach Facts viewer question showcase spectacular. Yes. This viewer asked, what the hell happened to There It Is? 
I never hear that anymore. You suck, Zach. Yeah. And everybody hates there your facts. Is. Give it up already. Wow. Brutal. Well, but you had that phone <laughs> issue. I think that I think that completely real uh, you, uh, listener who's submitting a question to you is not accounting for the fact that your phone fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Totally boned, oh, boned you. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not going to give it up. So whoever you are, screw you. Wow. Savage. All right. That was five. It's probably enough, right? It'd be crazy yeah, if I had six. six. I mean, if you had six, it'd be like earth shattering. My world would be shattered. The final Zach fact for the very special Zach facts viewer question showcase spectacular is indeed fact number six. Wow. Six facts. These, this was 100%. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but our subreddit has really taken off. So 100% of our subreddit members submitted this question. 100? Yeah. If you could save the human race by playing this game every day for two hours until the day you finally died, would you do it? And the viewers think Alex would not. Hmm. I would agree that Alex would not. <laughs> I also agree with that statement. Um, I guess it depends. Now with this new technology, this new technology that we're dealing with here, I guess we could all play it while we're recording the episode. Because otherwise, when we're recording a podcast, that means, what, three or four hours spent recording the podcast plus two playing that game? That's a lot of hours. <laughs> And think yeah, how many uh, times you'd be on the leaderboard, man, if you did it two hours every single day. <laughs> yeah, bro. eventually you'd be, you'd be tired of beating your speed record. Whew. Yeah. It'd, be, I, it'd get to be fun, man. No. I would not do it. No? <laughs> Even to save the human race? No, nah, I wouldn't do it. Even to save my daughter's life, Brian? I guess if I could. I guess if I could. That's true. I can throw yeah. that down. If, if I could parlay it into like, someone paying me, like... Oh, Part like this head. kid in Ohio is going to save the human race, so we got to pay him, otherwise he's going to quit, then I'd probably do it. I, so I'm you sure only I do could. do it for the sponsorship. Yeah, and get paid to do it. <laughs> All right. Two hours a day. Got to make it worth my while, you know? Does it have to be like two hours every day? What if you did like eight <laughs> hours in one day and that counts <laughs> for four days? <laughs> no. two hours so every you don't day, have Alex. to worry about it. And you the bring your- Alex, the viewers knew you would say that too. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's what they said. You got to bring your, your toaster computer with you on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I can't, if I can't, if it has to be two hours every day, no, not happening. <laughs> hmm. oh. But, but could I do it once for eight hours every couple of days? Oh yeah, easily. Do you, you guys think sit that, down and play this no. for eight hours? Yeah, oh, right, dude. You don't oh, have I to be could. sober. <laughs> Game, gamer fuel. Oh, gamer fuel. Sure. Gamer fuel. You, you, you did not account for the gamer fuel. I would watch Alex play Godzilla on Super Nintendo for eight hours. Oh. I would watch that. Actually, I would. Yeah, I, I would check into that stream. <laughs> I would. That's it. That was only six. It's over. All right, nice job. It's over. Ah. Well, we do have a listener question, no, but no, this has no, gone no, on for so no, long. No. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to push it off. 
but we got, we will get to it. Literally three and a half minutes and we're at two hours. We, we have to break stop. it. We could do it. We could do it. <laughs> nope. Let's be done with it. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. 